Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hi friends and welcome. I'm glad you're here today. This is episode 54 of the podcast, Weight Loss and Wellness for Real. This episode is going to touch on some of the deeper issues that go along with the inability to lose weight for good, the inability to stick to new habits you want to stick to, the inability to reach goals you have for ourselves. you know, our behaviors, our ability to follow through on things, our ability to sit through difficult or uncomfortable feelings um, in order to reach goals that we have for ourselves have everything to do with our belief systems, our beliefs, our thoughts, our mindset. So limiting beliefs create the feelings that keep us from behaving or taking action on the things we actually really want to do to get to our goals. And this applies to all things in life, but I will keep it somewhat focused on weight loss since that's what this podcast is about. But even if you don't have a weight loss or health goal, this one, well, actually I do believe most of my episodes are worth listening to because you really can apply them to all sorts of things um, in everyday life, relationships, um, goal, any goals or any changes that you have for yourself or, or want to make. Um, but today we are going to talk all about limiting beliefs as well as forgiveness because those two things actually link together and I'm going to get into how that works. Uh, Just real quick, you can head over to my website, heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. From there, uh, there's lots of information and details on how I work with potential clients. Um, I do a lot of health coaching, weight loss coaching, life coaching, all online via email. And I also do some... um, phone sessions for life coaching and uh, telehealth therapy sessions. Um, I'm pretty full up as I'm recording this, but I do have um, some openings that will come up uh, later on. So anyway, you can get in touch through uh, through my website. You can ask questions. Uh, you can fill out a form to request um, an appointment or to request Uh, either that weight loss or health coaching, uh, life coaching via all online through email. That does allow for a better price point uh, than working with me over the phone or one-on-one. Anyway, head over there. It has all the information there. You can also get in touch with any questions you might have. You can get to my social media from there all the things. Okay, so let's move on and start talking about today's topic. So limiting beliefs are the beliefs you hold about yourself, your abilities, your world. They are the beliefs that limit your ability to live in your authentic you, in your um, 
in the person you truly want to be. They are the beliefs that hold you back from obtaining that weight loss or health goal for good that that you can stick to. They are the beliefs that keep you stuck where you are when you want to be in a different place with your body or within your life. So limiting beliefs keep us stuck at a job we hate, keep the weight on or bring the weight back on, keep us from enjoying others in our lives, keep us from enjoying our lives. So limiting beliefs often present themselves as thoughts like, well, I got the weight off, but I've done that before, and so now I know it's going to come back on. Or, you know, I'm not disciplined enough to do what I know I need to do. Or, I screw everything up anyway. I'm not good enough. I'll never get out of this spot. I just need to accept where I am, who I am, and that I can't change. There are also some sneaky limiting beliefs you might be holding, like, I'm fine living this way. Or, You know, my husband, my wife, whoever is fine with me being this way. So I might as well just accept it and be good with it. Those are the sneaky ones because they seem like they are allowing and creating acceptance, which can be a good thing, but they're not really if you at your true authentic self actually want to change something about you. So just, you know, you want to be a little cognizant that limiting beliefs aren't always, um, super recognizable. Sometimes they're a little sneaky like that. To really get into this work and the the science, the biochemistry, the brain science behind limiting beliefs and you know why it's so important to identify your own personal limiting beliefs and then using a process to sort of work through them in order to get yourself exa- exactly where you want to be in life, whether that's where you want your body to be, whether that's where you want your relationships to be or just your way of living where you can actually really live out who you are authentically. Uh, One of the books I would recommend if you haven't read it is called The Biology of Belief by Bruce H. Lipton. I really would recommend this book. I read this book when it first came out. I think that was over 10 years ago now. Gosh, it feels like even longer. But Lipton's a research scientist and a medical school professor and in this book, The Biology of Belief, presents his experiments and experiments of other leading edge scientists on how cells receive and process information. So his work, you know, shows hints. And remember, this was a long time ago, years and years ago. Um, we've had a lot of research done on this since then. But, you know, within the book, his work at the time shows hints that it's not just genes and DNA that control our biology. Instead, DNA is controlled by signals outside the cell. And that includes energy and chemical responses coming from our positive, our negative, our neutral thinking. So, you know, that really is kind of, um, well, for me, when I read it, you know, it was a little bit like, well, this is why cognitive behavioral therapy works. This is why changing our thinking, shifting our thinking, creating new thinking patterns actually works. And I'm really one who I like to know the why behind. I I like to understand, you know, why those things are happening. So this, if you're like me and it helps 
you, you like to understand the why, it helps you solidify putting the practice into place, I would recommend recommend the book. So at the time his book was published, you know, it really was cutting edge, almost unbelievable stuff. But over the past 10, 15 years, we have learned through the field of epigenetics and quantum physics that he really was right on track with his with his theories um, that came from his experiments. And the book gives a nice scientific framework or understanding of the mind-body-spirit connection. And any of you out there um, who know me well know that I'm an amateur quantum physics geek. So this sort of stuff you know, is and was right up my alley. But I will save you all from what would be a pathetic attempt to explain how epigenetics and quantum physics help explain how our thoughts can and do create changes in ourselves and therefore their expression within our biology. But I do just want you to think about this one quick idea that I'm constantly talking about in this podcast. Our thoughts create our feelings, which have chemical cocktails attached to them to each feeling, which course through our bodies. And from those sensations, those feelings, our behavior is motivated. You know, the, our feelings, our sensations is the motor behind our behavior. Now, this is really typical cognitive behavioral therapy stuff, real typical cognitive behavioral therapy ideas that have been studied and used for years and years and years. It really is a legit method for changing. So these ideas really go together. Our thoughts are energy within our brains. And this energy creates sensation feelings in our bodies. And when we experience a feeling or sensation, we behave in certain ways. So for example, I want you to think the thought, I will never be able to do this. Say it to yourself. I I will never be able to do this. Now pay close attention to how you feel. What feelings are present when you say to yourself, I'll never be able to do this. For most people, If they're good at naming feelings, they would name feelings like disappointment, sad, hopelessness. And now pay really close attention to sensations in your body. Usually sensations that go along with things like sad, disappointment, hopelessness are things like lethargy, slow movement, tiredness in limbs. So now if you experience those sensations or feelings in the body, Think about how you might behave. If I'm feeling tired in my limbs, lethargic, I'm definitely not going to want to go for a walk or get off the couch. And I'm probably going to head to the kitchen to find something to give me energy, or I'm not going to engage with others. By the way, when I'm working with clinically depressed clients and they tell me they've been told, you know, just go for a walk, just go for a walk and you'll feel better. That to me is so sad because clinically depressed people cannot get themselves to move. They can't just go for a walk to feel better because they can't get their bodies to motivate, to move. And this is why sensations, feelings in our bodies are what motivate our behaviors, whether that means being active or non-active. Okay, let's switch it around a little bit. Think the thought or write it down or say it out loud to yourself, I am figuring out how to do this. I am figuring out how to do this. How to lose this weight for good. I'm figuring out how to lose this weight for good. With that thought, what feelings come up for you? For most clients, when we do this together, they will say some hopefulness. They maybe feel a little more resolute, possibly some peace, 
maybe even some excitement. So now when we experience these feelings, think about the sensations in your body that go along with them. Things like more energy, more movement and limbs, maybe a fluttering in the stomach. From these feeling sensations, most people will find they motor themselves to move more, to be more mindful with food and drink choices, to to engage more with loved ones, to be more active. So we had just two thoughts, you know, these thoughts, one, a limiting belief, and one that gave just a little more hope, both just thoughts, just sentences in our heads. And both created behaviors for us that were either in alignment with our goals and our values or not in alignment with our goals or values. This is why this is really powerful stuff. And and this is why I'm constantly harping on the thought work along with making behavior changes and habit changes when trying to reach not just weight loss goals, but any changes or goals we are making in life, our mindset, our thoughts, our limiting beliefs, they all impact the outcome of our lives, our worlds. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. Limiting beliefs also come up as just thoughts that that really don't serve us or aren't useful. And when this cycle plays out in our lives without us intervening, so when we're having these thoughts or these limiting beliefs kind of playing in the background, subconsciously, consciously, but we don't intervene, we do create in our lives these limiting beliefs. And so then we prove to ourselves that they're true. And this gets us deeper into that cycle, that cycle of having the limiting belief or thought. So then we have those feelings. So then we don't motivate or don't act on the way we actually want to act. So then it kind of perpetuates that belief that our limiting belief is true. So then we're continuing to think it. We continue to have the feelings. We continue to have the same behavior. That cycle starts with a belief. And from that belief, a thought, conscious or subconscious, is produced within our brains. From this thought, we have a feeling. And with that, that chemical cocktail attached to it, which motivates our behavior. So, you know, if I have the deep limiting belief, I will never change then I have the thought that runs in my brain. It's going to be something like, you can't change it anyway, so don't even try. It's not worth it. And from this thought, I create a feeling of hopelessness or defeat. And then I have sensations throughout the body that make me feel low energy. So then I'm not motivated or even willing to engage in any behaviors that might prove that limiting belief wrong. Now, if I get good at this work and practice paying attention to my thoughts and I notice I'm thinking that thought, and from that thought, I can notice my limiting belief, 
I can then intervene at that thought level and shift it just a bit to maybe something like, I notice I'm thinking the thought, I can't change, so no use trying. That thought is not helpful for my goal of wanting to change some of my eating behaviors. If I think the thought, I may not have changed in the past, but that doesn't mean I can't change now. Or maybe I even shift the thought to, I'm willing to think that it's possible for me to change. Just those tiny shifts create different feelings, like some hope, some willingness. And and these feelings have different chemical cocktails, like some dopamine and uh, some levels of serotonin. And this will help you feel more willing to stick to a boundary you have set around food or simply stay mindful of what you are eating, which in and of itself shifts eating behavior. So thought shifting is helpful, but to go deeper, we want to actually get rid of the deeper limiting belief system playing out behind the scenes in our mind. So when trying to get rid of the limiting belief or thoughts that are not serving us, forgiveness of self is the actual solve for this. So saying, I forgive myself for believing I can't do this, or I'm figuring out or working on how to forgive myself. Forgiveness of self is key to moving through and past a limiting belief. So when we forgive ourselves for having these limiting beliefs, we open up new ways of experience our, experiencing our world and ourselves. We, we repair a relationship with ourselves. So you can conceptualize this with an example of someone you have a relationship with in your life who you love. So if you hold a limiting belief for this person, so for example, maybe it's your child. You see them messing up time and time again. And so you sort of almost unwillingly hold this fear or limiting belief, they're never going to straighten out or they're going to end up a failure in life. And then one day you're in an argument with your child and it slips out. You say in the heat of the moment, you're going to end up a failure. You just keep screwing up. And now you have created an even bigger rift between the two of you. Now the possibility of your child changing their behavior has lessened even more because they are you know, they're hurt. They're angry. They, they now feel they're not good enough. Their, their behavior is going to continue to prove this. They will rebel even more and, you know, maybe sink into more lethargy or, um, depressed mood and not caring about anything. So to fix this, to solve this, you as the wise parent must own it and apologize and ask for forgiveness. And now your child needs to receive the apology. And if they can forgive you, the relationship can return to a healthy place and changes and growth can occur. If forgiveness does not occur, the relationship will continue to falter until forgiveness does occur. So this is exactly the same concept with yourself. You must forgive the part of you that is holding the limiting belief and keeps you stuck so that you can move forward and make changes. You may you may think this is, you know, kind of out there stuff or um, like, come on, I have to forgive myself. But I am telling you, this is the actual stuff that makes us change as humans. This is psychology at its best. It is understanding our conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind and using techniques 
And these are techniques from CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and ACT, or acceptance and commitment therapy, that have lots of research showing their efficacy. So forgiving yourself through practical steps can really end your limiting beliefs and therefore create a much easier time of getting you to where you really want to be at because it really creates that whole healthy relationship with yourself. So if you're into this and want to get a start on it, I'm going to give you some practical strategies to get you started on forgiving yourself uh, for your limiting beliefs that you've been holding. So remember, this is about creating a healthy, wonderful, supportive, encouraging, compassionate relationship with your own self. We know the traits of healthy relationships. We have tons and tons of really great research on this. It's about applying these healthy relationship traits and healthy communication and conflict resolution research-based skills to the relationship with ourselves. So understanding forgiveness therefore becomes really important here. So understanding first that forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is not a feeling. So I'm going to say that again because this is really important. Do not expect to feel like you want to forgive. You, if you're going to do this work, you want to make a decision to forgive. It's a choice. Once you make the decision to forgive yourself, then there is a process to go through. And I'm going to get into that. But also you want to understand forgiveness, whether with yourself or anyone else, is not one and done. So we don't forgive and then everything is beautiful and fine and perfect. We may need to go through the process of forgiveness again and again throughout our lifetime until it kind of starts to stick, until our beliefs start to change and become more automatic. Remember new habits, new patterns, even new habits and patterns of thought need to be repeated. And it's also the same for forgiveness work. If we are using it to create healthier, better relationships with ourselves or others. The next thing to remember is that forgiveness is for you. It really is not for anyone else. Forgiveness does not mean what the other person did to us or what we did to ourselves is okay. It also is not about forgetting. Forgiveness is, it's really about releasing pain we hold. It's about releasing anger, hurt, resentment, It's about taking care of ourselves. It's about building a healthy relationship with ourselves. It's about not having to carry around hurt and harm. It's for us. Forgiveness heals us. It does improve relationships with others, but also with ourselves. And guess what else? It does have even just physical health benefits. So it does forgiveness work does lower blood pressure, it reduces anxiety, it gives us better sleep, and it improves feelings of self-worth. Okay, practical strategies here if you are wanting to do this work. So first, it's gonna gonna have a lot to do with journaling, of course. (laughs) So grab a journal, notebook, piece of paper, write out one or two of your limiting beliefs, okay? So You're going to maybe need to do a little bit of work first to figure out what are some of my limiting beliefs, but I gave you some examples in the beginning, and maybe from that, you can kind of get some ideas of what your limiting beliefs might be. So write out one or two of them. 
then write out the feelings that these limiting beliefs create for you and be really clear. Use a feelings list if you need to. Like you can just Google a feeling, you know, Google feelings list. There are so many feelings, thousands. So, you know, choose one, two, three. Be really clear with yourself. What are the feelings that come up when I'm thinking these limiting beliefs? And then next, commit to forgiveness and using compassion and patience. You will need both to succeed in this work, compassion and patience. Write this out. Write out, I am making the decision to forgive and I'm committing to doing this work with compassion and patience for myself. I am making the decision to forgive and I am committing to doing this work with compassion and patience for myself. Put your mindset in a place of looking at forgiveness as a gift that you give yourself. Forgiveness is a gift that I give myself. Then write out, or you can say out loud, I forgive myself for believing I can't do this. Or if that doesn't feel quite right for you, you could try something like, I'm figuring out or working on how to forgive myself. And then, you know, if you wanna go further, Write a letter of forgiveness to yourself with lots of self-compassion in it. If you have difficulty showing yourself self-compassion, really think about writing this letter to yourself as if you were writing to your best friend or to um, you know, a child that you love, uh, but really writing out this letter of forgiveness to yourself with lots of self-compassion is, well, it can be life-changing, truly. And then if you want to go even deeper into this work, share this process, talk about this process and share your decision to forgive with a very trusted friend or a trusted loved one, or you could use a therapist or a coach sharing the process. And really this goes for any deep psychological process is a way that solidifies the growth and healing for you. It really Sharing it really locks it in quicker for you. Sharing it with another human being really locks it in quicker for you. And that's all has to do with um, relationship research and actually how we as humans interact with each other. And um, well, anyway, there's a whole lot of things that happen when we interact with another human being. And Doing this, sharing this process really does solidify the growth and healing in a much quicker way for you. And then hold on to your choice to forgive. So remind yourself of your choice to forgive often. Remind yourself of your decision to forgive often. And remind yourself often and go through this process of forgiveness. You know, forgiveness, I mean, for many people... And for me, for a long time too, until I really got into this work and practicing it, it it is difficult work. And um, it seems kind of daunting, I think, for a lot of us. But I just want to remind you again, it is a skill. And, And forgiveness is a skill. And with all skills, we can practice it and we can get good at it. And this forgiveness work brings so much freedom and peace in so many aspects of our lives. I just, I really encourage you to give this work a try with the understanding it can feel very daunting, but thinking of it as a skill and just something that you can practice and that it will get easier 
over time. So start with forgiveness of yourself. And then once you kind of hone in on that process and you start to feel like you're releasing some of those limiting beliefs, then you can move on to other relationships with your within your life, other areas of your life. For Forgiveness might be helpful for you to move on and experience even more peace and joy in life. I hope you found something useful from this episode, something you can really apply to your daily life to work on and um, in order to bring you just that life that you really want to live and to bring you more of the person you really want to be in this life. If you have found something useful, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a review on the podcast or even better, pass it along to someone you might find um, or you, you might think would get benefit out of it. And also one other thing about my website, if you head over there, I'd really encourage you to sign up for my monthly newsletter. It's just on all things well-being and I do often include things in there for people who sign up. Um, Just lots of tips and tricks, helpful hints uh, that are just real quick, easy, and practical. And as always, I just really appreciate you all sharing this space with me. And thank you for listening. And we will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. 